Well, I'm really excited about today because this is the first Sunday of the year. And we have just celebrated a week of prayer. And I'm telling you, every night was different. For those of you who weren't able to make it, wow, I, I wished everyone could have been here, but I get it. You know, we've all got things going. But what an amazing week. It really was. And uh, one of the things that I love about that is that when I step into the pulpit on Sunday, man, it's like somebody just greased the landing. Because you, you just feel it. I feel no tension here today. I just feel like, Brother Phil, you're the one that coined this the first time I'd heard it, really, and that's an open heaven. There's an open heaven here today. And, and I do not know what your need is, but God does. And as Julie said so eloquently in what the word of the Lord was today, God loves you. He has much for you. But you have to align yourself to receive. You have to get yourself in the right place. You know, if Jesus was walking down the street, if you were back in the day when he was here, what would you have had to have done to, to, to get his attention? Meet him where he is, right? Go out and see him. And that's what God wants from us. He wants us to come to him. Knock and the door will be open. Seek and you will find. How many can say amen? amen. This is a year that God is going to bless this church. I sense it in my spirit. I believe that for every one of you. So whatever is hindering you from receiving from God, if you've got anything in your life that shouldn't be there, or you just need to be educated, do that. Get right with God. Study the Word so you know what His promises are, and then begin to walk in faith. I want to see this city erupt with the presence of God and His glory. Can you imagine it just falling on all of Gaylord? How many get excited about that? <laughs> Hallelujah. Why don't you stand with me one more time as we pray? Heavenly Father, again, we are, are just blessed beyond measure knowing that You sent Your Son to take our place to die for us. And Lord, it didn't stop there. He didn't lay there in hell forever. It was a matter of a couple of days, Lord, and then He came back to life. He took those keys to death and to hell, and He holds on to them now. And anyone that He says, you have life, will have life to the full. And I believe that's every single person that confesses their sin and becomes born again. Lord, I pray for this audience today, for each man and woman, every boy and girl in this room, God, speak to our hearts. Tenderize us right now so that we can receive from you. Anybody that's got a chip on their shoulder today about something that they think you did, God, I pray you'd somehow knock it off lovingly. Anybody that's in here with attitude today, they don't even know why they're here. They just somehow got drug in here, Lord. I pray that, that you would drug them on the drug of God, the drug of Jesus, the drug of the Holy... May they, may they be drunk on the Holy Spirit today, Lord, rather than on anything else. Disrupt us if we need it, Lord. Don't let us leave this building like we came in. You are the God of change, and I pray today that you would change us from the inside out. And Lord, this man speaks for himself as well. 
God, I'm here just like every other person in this room, every person listening on the podcast. Lord, I am here to receive from you, and I want more. I want more. I want 2018 to be a banner year for this man, for this church, for the church, capital C. And Lord, we love you, and we commit this short time to you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Why don't you just shake somebody's paw next to you and say, I am so glad you are here today. You know, nothing beats just a handshake and a hug sometimes. And I, I think that's what God wants for all of us. We are the body of Christ. And when you esteem or honor the person next to you, it's just an amazing feeling. And as I Usually I stand in the back until I have to come up and, and people are all coming by and, you know, I might be a little ornery the first couple that go by me, so if that's you, I'm sorry. <laughs> but the more that come by and, and I get to shake their hand and there's usually a smile, smile following and, and it just does something to you. It's just nice to be with friends. And, and I'm glad you're here today, I really am. I already shared this, but I just feel like this year is going to be an amazing year. And I hope you're expecting something amazing. Because if, if you're not expecting, what are you going to get? <laughs> you pretty much just dictated what's going to happen. But if you are, if you're extending your faith, God is going to meet you right where you're at. He wants to do miracles through his church, personally and corporately. So let's, let's do this thing, right? Let's do this thing. How many like it when things in your life change? A couple of you. Not, not too many. Most of us are... It, the older I get, the more I like stability. Can I call it that? Where, where everything stays the same. And here's the thing. I think one of the reasons that many of our churches are dying off today is because of stability. You, people get in that rut I mean, when you think about it, the Israelites went around the desert for 40 years. They were comfortable. They got in that rut. And it's not always easy to get out of it. But with God's help, I believe we can and we are. He wants to change us for the better. He wants to do something supernatural. But, but backing this up, change doesn't always come easy. How many have had to change jobs lately? How about go to a new school? Where's Andy at? I know he started going to a new school this last year. Um, how about getting married? Where the two become one. And listen, it's not always just two. Sometimes it's families combining, right? What a miracle. But that change... It can be exciting, but it also can be kind of spooky and scary. And we don't really know what's going to happen next. But here's this. I believe the Holy Spirit saying today, change can be good. Change can be good if it comes from God. Today's message is all about change. I like how the arrows are going all different directions. How many know every person in this room is on a different path? Yep. Sam, the path you're on is different from this, the path that I'm on. And I know you know that. 
We're all heading for the same place, hopefully. But how we get there can often be different. And that's why we have to be sensitive to what our brother or sister is going through because we're not all, we're on the same journey, but we're not all taking the same path. Today's message is about change. Specifically, though, hear this, it's a change of heart. It's a change of heart. I believe God is in the business of heart change. How many can say amen? He always begins his work on the inside of us. You know, whenever we try to change something, what do we do? Think about it. We go get a new wardrobe, right? New haircut. Where's that? On the outside. But not with God. When God does it, he starts on the inside. He, he goes after the tough spot. The place you and I can't really get to without his help. It's so important that we have a heart change. And God wants to do that in us today. I've been, as we prayed this week, I've been amazed how many these tough, burly guys have come to me and have admitted, I don't know what's been coming over me, man, but I've been, I've been weeping. I'm not going to point them out, but if you knew who they were, you'd be going, really? It's crazy. What's going on there? Holy the Holy Spirit's moving on these men. They have lined themselves up with God and said, I want more, and he's pouring it into them. And they're going, whoa! What is this? I'm not sure, but I like it. I haven't heard one of them say, oh, I don't like crying, man. Uh-uh, not if God's behind it. I'll cry all he wants me to if he's involved in it. We've also heard this last week, that the Lord wants to give us new wineskins. Now I'm excited about that. Because that means there's a change coming. Now you've heard me say this many times. We're not here to play church anymore. We're here to be the church. And you're going to see that take place this year. This church is going to be more outreach-minded than we have ever been. Hear this part. How many of you are willing to move in? All right, right now you're comfortable because you're not being pressed. But what if we had so many people in this room that you all had to shove into the middle? Well, I like sitting on the outside. So what? Give your seat up. Move in, Mac. What's up with that? I can hear your thinking. I'm just picking on them. It's a price you have to pay to change. God said this last week, and he spoke through many of our people, he said, I'm going to change, but you have to prepare. And that means we've got to change our attitude to be thinking, look, when these new people come in, I've got to treat them like royalty. I've got to treat them like my brother and my sister, like I've known them for years. Because if you don't, sometimes you only have one shot with, with different people. How many know that? You've, you've seen people come and go, well, they didn't treat me very friendly. I knew it. I, it grieves me when I hear that. That they based their visit on one time. And that that turned them off 
And they left. I'm not here to heap condemnation on anybody. I'm just saying. We need to be willing to change. If God's going to send them in, we got to get hold of them. we got to help them get discipled. We can't just watch them come and go. It can't just be church as normal. And it's going to take a sacrifice. How many like sacrifice? Just like change. It's not that easy. But what's the outcome when we sacrifice, when we bring the Lord a sacrifice? He can take that and he can do miraculous things. And that's what he's going to do. But we've got to be willing to get out of our comfort zone and to be Jesus. Be Jesus with skin on. So the new wineskins. And I believe that he's speaking of our having a new heart. When he says he'll give us new wineskins to pour the new wine into, he's speaking of giving us a new heart. When you become born again, God changes your heart and he begins to pour himself into you. You are a temple of the Holy Spirit. God lives in you. But you've got to keep yourself lined up with him. You've got to fight off the things of the world because they're always trying to pound on your door. Let me in, let me in, let me in. It's not always just Jesus knocking. And we've got to keep them at bay. Stay pure. Keep your heart right with God. We all need a heart operation. Spiritually speaking, of course. Some of you have been dealing with that for real lately, but you know what I'm saying. As we concluded our prayer time last week, one thing that struck me, and, and we heard this from many, not just an individual. Many people were struggling with a lack of joy. Or they just weren't satisfied with where they were at. And hear this, I believe the Holy Spirit is putting us in check. You know what I mean by that? Like a hockey player? Putting us in check. Causing us to stop. Why? He wants to convince us, don't settle for less. Poke your neighbor and say that. Don't settle for less. You see, we've settled. We've settled for less than what God wants to give us. Julie, again, what you said this morning, what was the word you used about God? He's, his bigness is, he wants to lavish his blessings on us. But we've settled for less. It's awful quiet. I hope that's just because you're mulling it over, what I'm saying. We need to be thriving, not just surviving. God wants you to thrive. How many would agree? Anything God blesses grows. It blooms, right? What about us? Are you growing? Are you blooming? I heard somebody say this. They've, it, I hear this a lot. 
You need to bloom where you're planted. How many live in Gaylord? Or the surrounding community? Bloom where you're planted. Don't wait for wherever God puts you next. Do it right now. God's plan for us is to thrive. Whatever God touches, whatever He blesses, always blooms. I believe this is going to be a year of our thriving. As He brings the change in, it's going to be a year where you're going to thrive and not just survive. And I believe this both both personally as well as corporately. He's doing something in this church. I've seen more relationships built lately. I've seen strength added to our numbers. And that's because God is doing something. He's preparing us for something special. And I hope that you're ready for it. The hope is going to be just that. A place where people could come and get out of that negativity and come in and hear a good word from the Lord. And they're going to be changed. They're going to have places to go in our small groups where they can build new friendships with people who love God. You don't have to go to the bar to have fun. As I already said, get drunk on the Holy Ghost, not on the wine. You spend time doing that, believe me, you're going to thrive. I'd like to share something that Doug Clay He's our new general superintendent of the Assemblies of God, if you didn't know that. Uh, He recently took that position. But in a recent article in Called to Serve, he said this. He said, we all need to fall in love with who God created us to be. When I first read it, I went, huh? I didn't get it. I had to reread it and reread it again. And finally, the Holy Spirit says, that's you. You need to fall in love with the person God has created you to be. And this is one of the problems within the body today is that we haven't done this. How many look at someone else and think or say, man, I wish I I had what they have. Or I wish I was as ministry-minded as she is. Right? How many do that? You need to fall in love with the person God created you to be and stop looking at your neighbor. Amen. I want to make this personal. I want you to say this with me. Would you say this? I need to fall in love with who God created me to be. If you don't get anything else out of today's message, let this be it. Fall in love with who God has made you to be. I want to take a little time to break this down. First, and this one's going to hit some of you hard. To do this... (laughs) You need to recognize you are not a mistake. You are not a mistake. 
Satan is the father of all lies. And he will try to convince people that you are a mistake. Too many of us were beat down as kids, as teenagers, as young adults by our teachers, our parents, our pastors, our siblings, or just hateful people. You ever been around people like that? You're not a mistake. Maybe you've been born out of wedlock. You're not a mistake. You may have serious health issues. You are not a mistake. You may not look like a model or a bodybuilder like me. (laughs) You are not a mistake. You may have been arrested or even spent time in prison. You are not a mistake. You're not a mistake, no matter who has told you otherwise. Listen to this. If I have a favorite scripture, I believe this is going to be it. When you put yourself in God's hands, recognizing that He is the potter and you are the clay. I almost asked you to sing that today, but I thought, nah, that's an old one. He turns you into one of His masterpieces. Ephesians 2.10, for we are God's masterpiece. How many can say amen? Amen. He has created us anew, born again, through, in Christ Jesus, so we can what? Do the things that He planned for us long ago. There's so much meat to this passage. What I want you to get in your spirit this morning is that you, in God's hands, are a masterpiece. And there's nothing that he can't do with you, through you, for you, if, you're give, if you will give yourself to him. The other thing I really want you to catch here is who planned all of this? Was it you? It was God who planned this long ago. You are not a mistake. God uses the journey. Hear this part. God uses the journey that each one of us is on to shape us into the person that He needs us to be. And if you'll grab a hold of this, I'm telling you, it's going to change your life. How many have been through some terrible things in their life? Hard things. Things that almost ate your lunch. Perhaps even almost killed you. Obviously it didn't because you're still here. God uses those things to turn you into the person that He wanted you to become. And He will use those things in your life to make you a better person and to minister to those around you. You are not a mistake. God doesn't make mistakes. Say that with me. God doesn't make mistakes. God doesn't make... Say it again. You have got to get this in your spirit. There are people in this room today that are struggling, even now. They don't believe me. They don't believe God. 
Well, I want to tell you something. That's stinking thinking. Because you can't go any further until you clear this one up. You are not a mistake because God doesn't make mistakes. Now, this next one, if that first one didn't mess with you, the second one will. You need to recognize who you are in Christ and then fall in love with that person. (laughs) Now, you may be thinking, that's kind of a vain thought. Doesn't God say to be humble? He wants me to fall in love with myself, really? Sounds kind of weird. It may be weird, but it's necessary. Let me explain why. How many of you remember when you were a little boy or girl, a favorite toy or a favorite doll or whatever it is that you might have had? For me, it was a mobile missile launcher. Now, you got to remember, I was about seven years old, somewhere in there, and so this was right around the Cold War, and that was big because we were talking about missiles in Cuba and all that stuff. So I get this truck under the tree with these awesome rubber-tipped missiles, and it was made out of steel. I mean, the thing was practically indestructible. It was my favorite toy, and the, and the cool thing was I could hit the cat from 15 feet away. I mean, it was spring-loaded, and I tried to find a picture of it on Google, and I couldn't find it, but it was awesome. I loved that toy, and I played with it for weeks. But where is that indestructible truck today? Probably in the dump. Why? Because I lost interest in it. I no longer loved it, which meant I no longer cared about it or cared for it. When we fall out of love with something or someone, that leads to mistreatment. That leads to our being careless with it or with that person. How many know that we can fall out of love with ourselves? Can I get a good amen? I believe this has become epidemic. Why do people stop caring for themselves? If they love themselves, would they mistreat themselves? Like the toy, falling out of love with oneself can cause a person to abuse his or her body. These temples of the Holy Spirit. One does that through alcohol and or drug abuse, pornographic abuse, eating too much, exercising too little, etc., etc. You fill the blank in. Like that toy truck, when you fall out of love with yourself, that can lead to your mistreating or becoming careless with the body God has given you, with the mind God has given you. Are you catching this? Let's go back. Step one, you're not a mistake. Say it with me. You're not a mistake. Step two, you must love yourself. Now let me, let me amplify that 
particular statement. Found in Mark 12. I want to read this. Again, Jesus is being challenged by one of the teachers of the law. They've been trying to trip him up. But everything they've said to him, he's come back with just one thing after another that just blew him out of the water. And now they ask this question. Of all the commandments, which is the most important? Can you hear him saying it? And listen to what Jesus said. The most important commandment is this. Listen, O Israel, the Lord our God is the one and only God. How many gods are out there? When people tell us all roads lead to heaven, point them back to this. Who said this? Jesus. There's one God. Jesus said, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and your strength. I believe strength really implies body because where do we get our strength, right? The second is what? Equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. No other commandment is greater than these. Now, wait a minute, Pastor Norm. You said I'm supposed to love myself, but Jesus didn't say that. He said I need to love God and love my neighbor. Or did he? What was Jesus inferring? How can you love your neighbor like yourself if you don't first love self? It's not that hard to catch what he's saying. And he said it's equally as important. Because if you don't get this part, nothing else is going to make sense. It ain't going to work. Because you're not lined up. You're not lined up where he wants you to be. You got to come to God first. That's a settled thing, right? You must be born again. You're not a mistake. You must be born again. You come to Jesus. The second part is you got to start loving yourself. And I know for some of you in this room right now that you're sitting here going, <laughs> that ain't easy. I've dealt with this. I've struggled with this. I used to hate it when I'd get up in the morning and look in the mirror. I tried to make myself look awesome and cool. It seldom worked. I had the big hair back then. I mean, big hair. Back then, they wore it like that, too. Hairspray. You know, it was about this tall. That's the best I could do. I was limited on what I had to work with. So it was my hair. Some of you may be something else. I'm not trying to run on a rabbit trail here. What I'm saying is I struggled with who I was as a young man. I didn't love myself. And I believe today that's why I abused my body. Whether drugs, alcohol, all the other stuff. I believe that the reason was because I didn't have enough respect for myself. I didn't care enough for me to take care of what God had given me. I didn't realize God had given it to me. I was still under the delusion of the world. You can't love your neighbor as yourself. 
until you first love yourself. You have to love who Christ has made you to be. When you look in the mirror in the morning, do you get excited about that person? Do you put on a happy face? Or do you shudder? God, who is that person? What's happened to me? I'm just asking. Be real with yourself. Be real with God today. Ask that question. Think about this morning. Why is this important? Because the things that you feel are important, you'll take care of. If you begin to fall in love with who God has made you to be, you will take care of that. As I said, I mistreated myself. And I know who was behind it. And I know who's behind your mistreatment. He tries to get us to feel something ungodly. He tries to play it out as it's godly, but it's not. What do drugs do to us? They deceive. They make us feel other than how we should feel. And I believe this with all my heart because I've experienced the Holy Spirit to this length. I've been drunk in the Holy Ghost before. I've done some amazing drugs, and I'm not bragging about that. Please forgive me for even sharing that. I'm not saying that to get you to want to do it. I'm saying that the best drugs I ever took through my life didn't compare to being full of the Holy Ghost and being drunk on Him. And I'm saying that with all honestness. And I experienced a lot through my short life. Give God a chance to move in your life. I have a feeling when we get to heaven, <laughs> He's just going to go, oh, you need a little pick-me-up? <sighs> hey, you feeling down? Let's go see God. You know, we can do that now, though, too, right? And I, I was actually going to get to that a little later, but when you're feeling down, what should you do? Go to the Lord. Shut that door. Get in your prayer closet. Even if it doesn't feel good at first, you let God in, and I'm telling you what, you're going to experience something new, something fresh, and He'll begin to change you from the inside out. But you've got to change that stinking thinking. So God doesn't make mistakes, right? Got that part? I believe that God created me and I am not a mistake. And if I believe that, if I believe I'm exactly who God intended for me to be, I should be excited about that. And when I see some of you coming in here, hanging your head down to the floor, woe is me. What happened? Is that God? What's happened? You are no longer aligned with Him. He can't pour all of that good stuff in you that He wants to pour in you till you get aligned with Him again. Don't blame it on God. I had a rough day. That's not God's fault. That's right. <laughs> He's going to be a little preacher. If you're not there yet, listen to this. 
heed the advice of one of the greatest apostles that lived, the Apostle Paul. We've shared this verse a lot, but I wanted to share it again. Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. And so, dear brothers and sisters, who's he talking to? The church. I plead with you. What does that mean? This is important. Don't just let this go in one ear, out the other. I plead with you. Give your bodies to God. Because of all he's done for you, let them, your bodies, be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. And then verse 2. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. Don't do all the stuff that TV tells you is okay. Because it ain't okay. It's downright sinful. Don't do those things. Don't copy the world. Let God, what? Transform you into a new person by You may have come in here one way. I want you to leave another. I want you to give God permission to change the way you think. This is part of that heart change. This is part of you're not a mistake. This is part of love who God has created you to be. You've got to give God permission to change the way you think. That stinking thinking then, he says, you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good, which is pleasing, which is perfect. You line those three things up, you're going to be excited about life. When you get yourself aligned with God, where you are right where he wants you to be, I'm telling you what, you are going to see how much God can pour out into your life. Some of you have already experienced this, but many of us are on the fence. You need to take this step of faith. You need to fall in love with who God has created you to be. I want you to see that if you desire this new wine that, that we've been talking about, that God wants to give us, that He wants to pour into us. By the way, this is found in Luke uh, 5, 36-38. I'm not going to go there today. You can study that out yourself. You get there by spending time with God. Spending time with the Holy Spirit. Spending time in the Word. Spending time in praying. But it requires that you yield to God, begin serving Him with all your heart, mind, soul, and body. Or strength. It includes loving yourself enough to care for this. You know, we're so quick to judge people on the drugs that they're taking or the, their sexual promiscuity, but we also need to address the physical. Are we eating too much? Are we killing ourselves? A, a slow death. Ouch. I, I hope I see all of you next week after this one. Because <laughs> let's face it, what do we do when we leave church? Want to go to lunch? And there's nothing wrong with that. I'm just saying, take care of this. Don't wonder why your body's falling apart. It's not God's fault if you're eating juicy, greasy hamburgers and fries for every dinner every day of the week. 
Love yourself enough to care for the body that God's given you. Can I get a good amen? Do you still love me? Thank you, because I wasn't sure after that one. At least you're honest. When you do this, when you line up with God like this, when you put yourself in God's hands, you become a masterpiece in his hands. You read about all of these people who do great marvelous things. It's because they have lined themselves up with God and he's turned them into a masterpiece. I want that for us. I want that for you. I want that for this church. I want that for God's church. Thank you, Lord. Let's look at this one more time. Learn to fall in love with who God has made you to be. You're not a mistake. You must, I I say must, you must love who you are in Christ. It's not an option. You've got to get to this place if you're not there. You need to be enthusiastic about the new life God has blessed you with. Here's a good litmus test, if you will. When people watch you, do they walk away saying, man, I'd sure like to be like him or like her? Or do they walk away going, man, if that's what God does, no thanks. Again, this isn't conviction or condemnation, it's conviction. The shoe fits, put it on. Those who try to find satisfaction without God will always come up short. Do you believe that? But after we become born again, after our sins have been washed away, and after God calls us His own, and He does, we should be excited about who we are. People should see that excitement in us. We have so much to be excited for. Again, just going back to this. We're God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do all those things that He planned for us long ago. He has a plan for your life, a plan for my life. Listen, He knew you before you were born again. How many have experiences where you know God saved your life before you were saved? At least three times that I know of. I I saw a guy on uh, Facebook yesterday, and I think it happened back in December, but this guy was freaked out. His, His van, he was with another guy, his van had apparently crossed... They'd hit ice, they'd crossed. Uh, Sarah, I think you might have posted it. And his van was in the other lane, and there's nothing he could do, and this truck was coming right at him, and he, what did he say? Jesus, 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 (laughs) because there's nothing he could do. And he said, and this has happened to me, so I can tell you it happens. He said, God. What do you call that? He didn't know what it was called. Uh, Transferred. uh, uh, He was looking for the word translated. He translated this man and his friend and put them back in the other lane. Miracles still happen. Now this guy happened to be saved, but when this happened to me, I wasn't saved yet. I wasn't born again yet. I knew of God, but I didn't know him. And I know that he does this because the Bible says God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still 
sinners. Being a Christian is all about allowing the Holy Spirit, the living God, to do His transforming work in us. When the disciples went into the upper room, when they spent that time waiting for the Holy Spirit to come, they were aligning with God. And when the Holy Spirit came, what happened in Acts chapter 2? They were filled, and they came out speaking in another language they'd never learned. We call it tongues, glossolalia. They didn't know that language, but yet they were speaking it, and every person that heard them heard what they were saying in their own language. These were uneducated fishermen, many of them. They didn't know all these languages. That was God. That was a miracle. God moved through his people because they aligned themselves with him. They wanted more, and he filled them in that upper room. In a sense, we did this last week through this week of prayer. I don't want it to end there, folks. We need to have more events like that, just pressing in and getting more of God. How many would say amen to that? These people allowed God to change those old wineskins into new, and he began to pour himself into them. How many want that today? And that leads me to my last little piece here. This has to do with the church. And I believe what we could expect in 2018 by partnering with the Holy Spirit, by trusting that He has you right where you need to be, you become invaluable to God's kingdom and to His plan. How many know when we pray? We pray what? Father in heaven. Father who art in heaven. What? Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom. What? We are here to bring God's kingdom to earth as it is in heaven. And God wants to do that through you, through me, through his church. And the church is at its best when the people come into agreement. The church is most powerful when God's people are united. And together, we will carry out the Lord's plan for our community in this world. Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to save that one for later. We're better together. We're better together. Would you stand with me? The church is made up of people. It's not the building. I'm thankful we have this building because we'd be really cold if we didn't. But the church is you and me. It's these bones with flesh wrapped around them with a heart inside beating.
It's your spirit that lives in there. Your soul. The church is in the business of change because God is in the business of change. But in order for that change to take place, you've got to recognize. If you're here today and this is you, you've got to recognize you are not a mistake. You've got to fall in love with the person that God has made you to be. Whatever you faced in this life, none of it was by accident. None of it. God knew every detail of your life from beginning to where you're at right now. And He knows where you're going after this. Listen, we're all on the same journey. Our destination is heaven. But how we get there, as I said earlier, sometimes is a little different. Some of you are going to take different stops. Some of you have to stop more often. And, and I'm speaking sort of in, in maturity terms, but that doesn't matter. You know, it's like when you travel on the road, we're going to Florida. If you have two-year-olds in the car or five-year-olds, you're going to stop more often than if it's just a couple of older people. Some of you older people are saying, not if you have those water pills I'm taking. But what I'm trying to get across is your journey is going to look similar to mine, but it's not the same. And that's why God tells us not to judge each other. Because you don't know what that person's going, going through. You, that's between them and God if they're not right with Him or if there's something that needs changed. But God is in the business of change, right? And when you begin to fall in love with the man or woman that He, he has destined you to be, that's when everything lines up. That's when his church gets activated. And when more of us are like that, and the more that are activated, and I mean lined up, you got it? The more that realize they're not a mistake, the more that realize, yes, I'm in love with this person God has created me to be because I'm exactly who I need to be for him to make a masterpiece out of me. And when you get that in your spirit, you're going to treat yourself better. And God's going to be able to do supernatural things through you. But it takes getting to that place. So would you bow your head just for a moment? And this is that point where I just want you to just think about everything you've heard this morning and, and just ask the Lord, is this me? Have I been cutting myself short? Have, have I... Am I one of those that have been feeling like I'm a mistake or you haven't been in love with who you are, who God's created you to be? And, and if you would, every head bowed, eyes closed, please. I'm the only one that wants to look right now. If you're here and you'd say, that's me, either one of those, you've been thinking I'm a mistake or you've been out of love with the person that you've become, would you lift your hand up real quick? Thank you. You can put them down. I don't want anybody seeing and you know what? When we walk out of here, I forget every person that raised their hand. I really do. And I ask God to help me with that. Because I'm not here to judge you. It's between you and the Holy Spirit. I believe, I believe that God has a change of heart for you today. For every person that just raised his or her hand. And a lot of hands just went up. I knew that this was going to happen. God told me that 
but I believed it, and, and it did. Many of you raised your hands, so you're not in this alone. That's the first thing I want you to realize. You're not in this alone, and that's the beauty of the church. We're all in this together, and we're here to support you as you find your way to this perfect spot where God wants to align you. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to pray with me today. I want you to ask the Lord, and if you need forgiveness, you're going to ask that. We'll ask that. But I also want you to recognize who you are in Christ and begin to see yourself as that new person with the new wineskin so God can begin to pour that new, His glory into you, that new, uh, the Holy Spirit, the infilling of the Holy Spirit. That might mean that you'll speak in tongues if you haven't. And that's okay, right? If it's from God, that's okay. Don't stop it if it happens. I want you to pray this prayer with me today. And I'd ask every saint in the room to, to pray this with us. We're in this together. We're better together. Heavenly Father, on this first Sunday in 2018, I recognize I'm broken. But you came to fix me. Pastor Norm can't fix me. Nobody else can fix me. I can't even fix me. But I believe you can. You came. You took my place when you allowed those guards to kill you. You allowed them to hang you on that cross and to suffer for my sins. And today, I want to say first, thank you, Jesus. Thank you for loving me that much. Forgive me for my sins. Wash me clean. And Lord, if I've thought less of myself, if I've been out of love with myself, forgive me and help me to see that you have created me to be exactly who I am today. There's nothing wrong with me. And I thank you that you have put me on this journey for the good. Now use me for the good as I align myself with you. I'm expecting big things this year. Supernatural things. Fill me afresh and anew with your Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Will you put your hands up? Come, Holy Spirit. Invite them in. Come, Holy Spirit. And fill me afresh and anew today. As only you can. And I expect, Lord, big things are coming. In my family, in my personal life, in this church. In Jesus' name I pray. Now give the Lord a big clap offer.
Now, if I see you dragging your heads, if you see me dragging my head, you better remind me of this message because I'm going to remind you. Amen. I love you guys, you ladies, you men. I love all of you. And I'm so excited about what the Lord's going to do this year. So go out of here in the victory today. Go out of here knowing that he's got your back. He's got you covered. And you are not a mistake. You are exactly who God has made you to be today. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Father God, thank you again for everything you're doing in our lives. Keep us safe when they're coming in or going. Show favor on us, Lord. I pray for promotions, advances. I pray that the things we've invested in would, would return more than we ever expected, Lord, so that we would be able to bless the kingdom even more. We love you. Lord, we thank you for good health, and we just commit this family of believers into your hands. In the mighty name of Jesus, and everybody said, Amen. God bless you. Have a great week.